Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is our new unafraid show. That's probably the most stinging sentence you've ever thrown my way. It'll take me a couple of weeks to get over that one. I never felt as twisted up inside as I did watching the semifinal games. That wasn't a bad call at all. Follow your guard. We're going to be having some discussions about that special team. They were as physical as hell. That was dope. I can't even lie about that. George Reister, and this is our new Unafraid Show. And I say our because you are a part of the show. And this is a place where we're going to celebrate values and we're going to have some fun doing it. And when I say those values, I mean the things that are at our core, the things that we can't live without, and the things that give us joy and excited to get up in the morning. And for me, those values are faith, the redemption story, second chances, and the belief that against all evidence, you can achieve the impossible. Family, both your chosen family and the people that God chose for you. Food, is there anything better than preparing and sharing a good meal with the people that you love and laughing about it? And fatherhood, the sometimes frustrating but always fun blessing and calling up to raise the next generation. And then sports, because I believe that we were made to come together and compete. Now, if you share any of those values, you are in in the right place. Look, I played college football. I played in the NFL 
and I've run businesses and those things help make me who I am today. And this show is the culmination of all of that. But it's also a testament to working to overcome your limitations just so you can be comfortable in your own skin. Because I grew up with a stutter. I had it my whole life. Throughout my playing days, people made fun of me and it took serious work to overcome that. But for the last 10 years, I've been blessed to work in the national sports media and that work has helped me meet so many people that have had to slay their own giants to become who they were meant to be. So of course, we're going to talk football, we're going to talk basketball and everything in between. But this show at its core is going to celebrate the diamonds and the pressure and the polishing that it took to make them shine. This is the new Unafraid Show, our Unafraid Show, and I'm glad you're here. Fourth and 11. Ewers takes the shotgun snap. He's back to pass. Pressure coming. Throws the fade. Yeah! We're going to the On the first day of 2024, I got absolutely blessed and I got cursed. I got blessed by two amazing semifinal games in an era that was famous for semifinal blowouts in the college football playoffs. But then I got cursed because I learned a brand new type of torture. It isn't in the Wikipedia's list of methods of torture yet, but it might be after this video when you find out what torture really is. Because in all of my sports loving life, I never felt as twisted up inside as I did watching this semifinal games watching the Washington Huskies celebrate a trip to the national championship as the last standing representative of the conference that I love and the conference that I played in the Pac-12 and yeah I know Washington has been to the college football playoff before I forgot that and it certainly didn't hurt my feelings to remember them getting their doors blown off by Jalen Hurts and Bo Scarborough I don't mind thinking about that at all I actually thought I was going to see a sure Washington victory get turned into a soul-crushing defeat. A side note, though. Texas, the team that they played, they are back, but they still feel like they're a year away with Quinn Ewers' development. But then can they replace the greatness that their defensive line was this year? And good on Steve Sarkisian for getting his first 10-win season and restoring hope to the people in Burnt Orange. But they got to learn how to handle that horns-down thing better, man. You can't be wanting to fight and pull out your guns to the players. But now back to regularly scheduled programming. My issue with this 2023 Washington Huskies team, which is the sworn enemy of my Ducks, is that this team kept Oregon out of the college football playoff despite being the second best team in America this year. Sorry, Georgia fans. And the team whose fans never let me breathe on social media without rubbing their success in my face that they're so damn likable this year. I mean, seriously, how are you going to be out here rooting against Michael Penix Jr.? Indiana fans cast him off as a disappointing lemon due to his injury history, and then he remakes his game to be one of the best pocket passers in college football? As somebody whose career at the highest level got derailed by injuries, do you have any idea how hard it is to come back from a season-ending injury, much less four of them? And while Penix is a transfer in an age of impact transfers, this Washington team is largely made up of guys that stuck it out in Seattle through the firing of Jimmy Lake. Guys like Dylan Morris, Richard Newton, they stayed with the Huskies and helped them win despite 
four different head coaches and having their starting spots taken. Now, two years ago, this Washington team lost at home to Montana and their head coach got fired in the midseason because the locker room was a mess. That exact thing will lead to a whole roster turnover, even if the incoming coach doesn't do it himself. And Kalen DeBoer didn't do that when he came over from Fresno State. He constructed a championship team by what was in the building. And you can do that despite what some coaches would have you believe at this point in time. That insane receiver trio of Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, and Jalen McMillan all were on the team that lost to Montana. Tight end Jack Westover and Devin Cope were on that team too. And that pass rush that had Quinn Ewers in hell all night, Trice, Olafashio, ZTF, they were all there before DeBoer. And the same thing with the offensive line. Did you hear him talking in the game about how offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb turned down the same spot at Alabama with Nick Saban because Troy Fontenot, all Pac-12 offensive lineman, was coming back? And so then Grubb wanted to come back as well? I call this team a family, but most families don't even have this level of loyalty, and it makes me sick. So now the Huskies are preparing to square off against Michigan in the first national championship game without an SEC team since 2015. And I know it's a tough pill to swallow because SEC fans went straight to the bargaining stage of grief. Georgia should have been in the playoff. They were the best team in the country. So you think the committee should have put the loser of the SEC championship game over the winner because they were better? The eye test all year? Come on, man. I don't think that they gamed that whole thing out before they started saying it. But what are people in the South going to do with the second Saturday in January this year where it just means more? Are they going to be rooting for the Washington Huskies? Because I know they're not rooting for Jim Harbaugh. And Nick Saban? He already pulled out the we beat ourselves excuse. And when you watch that fourth down play from overtime from the end zone angle, you looking like, damn, they might just be right. If it wasn't for a low snap and a missed read, damn, bro, that's a problem. <laughs> Michigan may be sitting on the couch right now. That wasn't a bad call at all. Follow your guard. They overran it. Follow your guard. And now, you know Georgia fans won't be rooting for Michigan because they don't even have respect for Michigan. And as my guy George Foster put it, you know what? I'll just put this up on the screen so you can read it for yourself. Parental advisory on this one, buddy. And I got to be honest, I didn't respect Alabama or Michigan as unbeatable this year. Because Alabama made chicken salad out of chicken shit too many times this year. And they were lucky to get out of the games against South Florida and Auburn with a miracle just to win that game. Now, does Alabama have the hunger that it once had or not the roster that they once had? Because it's back to the drawing board for Saban, who did a masterful job coaching their worst performing offensive line and inconsistent running game to the college football playoff. I will admit, though, that going three years in a row without a natty for the first time under Nick Saban might be exactly what this team needs to regain that championship appetite. But we'll see in 2024. Now, let's peek over at Michigan again. I know that there's this whole Michigan against the world mentality out there, but Michigan's enemies aren't out in the world. And even if they were, do you think that the Wolverines would schedule them in the non-conference? Nope. Michigan's enemies were right in the big house. Jim Harbaugh got himself suspended for the first three games of the season, and it wasn't over a cheeseburger. 
The world didn't make Connor Stallions engage in illegal recorded in-person advanced scouting. The world didn't get co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss fired for computer crimes, whatever the hell that means. And the world didn't fire football staffer Alex Jude in the middle of the season for soliciting a teenage girl online and getting caught up in a social media sting. Michigan victimized Michigan. But Jim Harbaugh's Jedi mind trick convincing this team that the world is out to get them has worked wonders. And you got to give them credit for that. And he did it on the field because the Wolverines got away with not one, not two, not three, but four special teams errors against Alabama. And you know Jay Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh going to be having some discussions about that special teams. But they were able to get away with that because they were as physical as hell. And they are willing to pound the rock until the defense relents. They have the team that SEC teams think that they are right now. That's what Michigan is. And the thing that I do like about this team is that the stars, that they have an underdog feel to them. Blake Corum, Mike Sanristil, they might not be able to dunk on Victor Wimbanyama if they were stacked on top of each other, but they're as tenacious as it gets, and the team feeds off that energy. And Jim Harbaugh has gone too far because he's put the credit for Michigan's success in a place that I just can't go. And seriously. I mean, I am with a crazy choice, either root for Washington (laughs) or root for Jim Harbaugh, who said, I've said it before, but right here, this is the greatest quarterback in the University of Michigan college football history. What? Man, McCarthy, that statement alone makes you feel like you have to criticize McCarthy. And you shouldn't have to. No, he doesn't push the ball down the field, doesn't run a ton. He's not as accurate when pressured, even though that double pass that he threw, that was dope. I can't even lie about that. But he threw a total of one touchdown in Michigan's last four games before the playoff. McCarthy doesn't make mistakes, and you need that if you want to win the way Michigan does. But being error-free isn't greatness. Greatness takes risks. But maybe after a year of illegal cheeseburgers and computer crimes and advanced scouting scandals, Harbaugh is looking at the lack of mistakes as the holy grail of accomplishments. Maybe McCarthy will prove me wrong and outduel Penix in the championship because stranger things have happened, like the Huskies making the national championship two years after losing to Montana. But in a world where that's possible, maybe J.J. McCarthy can be better than fellow alum Tom Brady. We'll find out next week. And now we're joined by Josh Pate. You can find him over at Late Kick with Josh Pate on YouTube. You can find it on uh, anywhere where your podcasts are found. If you're a college football fan, you probably recognize this face. Uh, Josh, thanks for coming on the show. What is all this? This is a beautiful setup you have here. Walk me through all of it if you have a spare hour. <laughs> all right. So there's there are a few things here. So this obviously an Oregon helmet. You can't yep. see the Jaguars helmet that's signed by a bunch of my former teammates. Some uh, cards, some bowl rings, some books, things that, you know, are relevant to me. Mm, Matt, well, same here, because what we have here is we have blinds. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Around this time of year, that's all I need in my life. I just need blinds, and I need people to be shut off from uh, from the inside world we have here. Would you still consider yourself an independent creator for the college football stuff, or are you semi, you know, like semi-independent? I would consider the spirit of my content independent because I really haven't changed much about that or the approach. I guess I've got the overlap of best of both worlds where 
I've got the backing of CBS. I'm employed by CBS. I get the resources of CBS and, and we provide a big return for them on that investment. But one of the biggest trade-offs is at every turn, I got to give them credit at every turn, they fulfilled their promise to me. And that promise was, we're not going to interfere. Obviously the creative process works. We just want you to do it for us. The production level is really high. So it's obvious there's some money behind it, but I don't think if you listen to the podcast and didn't watch the visual, I don't think you'd even pick up on the fact that it's anything more than enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The same product we were presenting yeah. when I was. Now let's get to the games this weekend because you were out at the Rose Bowl. I'm out here in LA. There's a lot of talk about the Florida State situation. Oh, Alabama, Michigan. They went to the they went to overtime. That means that the committee got it right. So does the result of a 27-20 game does that justify what the committee did in leaving Florida State out? I don't think it it justifies them being wrong or right. And you could have gotten a 47 to 20 final, and I wouldn't have cared. If I bring George in and I bring you to my place of business, uh, uh, Pate State Enterprises over here, and we're hiring a new executive level director, and you fit the qualifications, if, if you check those boxes, I'm going to hire you. Now, if you go and blow someone's car in the parking lot up three weeks onto the job, <laughs> and someone... Someone walks into my office and says, see, that's evidence you shouldn't have hired him. I would tell him, get out of my office. I'd probably fire them because what they're saying is dumb. I didn't have the foresight to know what you were going to do when I hired yes. you. All I have to go on is the information at hand. And I try and make the best decision I can. So the point is, for the resume as it relates to them placing you in a bowl pecking order is your regular season record. And if you're in a conference championship game, yeah. That is baked into it. Okay, that's it. So if you didn't think Florida State belonged, nothing about two days ago should have changed your mind. And if you think Florida State did belong, 
it shouldn't have mattered if Bama Correct. won by 50. It shouldn't have Correct. changed your mind. It, it is what it is regardless. I totally agree with that. We ended up with no SEC team in the final. And it was funny because I was like, where is the math here, people? Because so many people, because I'm a message board troller. Like, I, I don't comment on it, but I go in there and read and see what people say, look at it on Twitter. And they were like, Georgia was the best team in the country. They should have put Georgia in. And I was like, how? How, Sway? How are they going to put Georgia in? There, there seems to be a parody coming in the sport. Like, I, I don't think it's going to ever be like NFL type. But with the the perceived parody that seems to be coming where rosters aren't necessarily as deep, have you rethought your playoff position and it expanding at this point in time? No, I, I'll, I don't think I'll ever rethink that. I think the first point you started to make is the one I've come to realize. Probably an area that I was a little, I don't want to say flat out wrong in, but certainly I undersold the concept of was the concept that NIL and the portal was going to even out the talent pool. And while I always think the big boys will have the most talented rosters, I don't think that's going to change. I do think that kind of the top of the canopy has been shaved off a little bit. And depth is certainly yep. never going to look like it used to in the past. I mean, LSU, for example, yesterday, they got a, a five-star freshman at tackle who enters the portal, played all 12 games this year, and <laughs> enters because he's projected to be the third tackle on their team because they got two that are entrenched as starters. That didn't used to happen. It does now. And so in the aggregate, what you've seen is you've seen the ability for us to have what we have now. We don't have a 12-team format yet. This is still a four-team format. And I've got something happening Monday night in Houston that people told me couldn't happen. And that is a team in Washington with a roster below 50% in blue oh, chip rating. Yeah, that blue chip rating. All of a sudden, they're playing for a title and could win a title. And I was told that we needed a 12-team playoff to get that. And it turns out maybe the format of the playoff wasn't the key. Maybe dispersing the talent a little bit more was the key. And there are two things happening there. Portal and NIL have a lot to do with it. But also, if you'll notice, I've talked to you about this before on your show. I have always thought the key to evening out the talent pool a little bit more in college football was teams in Florida recruiting their state better. Because Ohio yeah. State, Alabama, Michigan, or not Ohio State, or Michigan, et cetera, but Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, those teams were raiding Florida, just raiding South Florida. Yep. And now, it doesn't even matter if Miami's good on the field yet. They're keeping some of their talent home. Florida is doing that, and they're not good yet. Florida State is doing that. And so think about what it means for five or six more blue-chip kids from Florida per cycle not going to Alabama, not going to Ohio State. It it doesn't make them eight and four all of a sudden. Yeah. But what it does is, you know, in a key close game, all of a sudden when you think athletes are going to make plays and talent wins a game, you, you don't have that extra five-star receiver in the slot that you used to have. And instead, you know, it's it, it plays out. It plays out in those moments. It ends up playing out. Yeah, so you end up with uh, Washington versus Michigan. Washington is below the blue chip rating of 50%. And but when we've seen other teams, like when we see when we saw TCU play Georgia, that was a total mismatch. When we've seen Cincinnati when they played, I think Alabama, mismatch. But this doesn't feel like a mismatch, even though Washington is favorite. I mean, um, Michigan's favorite. I like Washington in in the game. Their their trio of uh, Dunze, McMillan, Polk, and then uh, 
Penix at, at quarterback, I think that that's going to be tough because their defense is not good, but it is. But the part of their defense that's bad, which is their pass defense, is not what Michigan does anyway. Yeah. So a couple of things there. I, I agree with everything you said on the front end, so I won't repeat that. But the second part is I don't think a lot of people have watched Washington. Just if they're honest with themselves, they could tell yeah. you Michael Penix. They could tell you the head coach's name. They could tell you Washington throws the ball a lot. They don't know. I, George, I don't think half the country even knows they just won the Joe Moore Award. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think they have any concept about how good that offensive line is. But that's okay. I didn't either at one point. I continued to pick against them, but – I went and watched them up close in person and, and got a couple of really tough lessons dealt my way and understood, no, it's not a TCU situation because they're not going to get dominated at the line of scrimmage. Nope. It's not going to happen. And so I think the trap that some fell into in this Washington-Texas game was looking at talent level and talent rating and the team talent composite. And, of course, Texas had the more talented roster. Well, that's, that's not the way a game's played. You don't take two pieces of paper and rub it together, and that's a football game. You have styles. You have matchups. And in some cases, if you have a dominant room, like a wide receiver room in Washington that can take over a game, and you got a good enough offensive line, and you got an assassin at quarterback, that's the game. It's, it's over. It doesn't matter that you have three outside linebackers more highly rated than their highest guy. It doesn't matter if you have a free safety that was a number two at his position coming out of high school. If the matchups dictate that they end up dictating the style that the fight's going to be uh, fought in, it's, it's over. And see, I think, see, um, I think the difference though, Pate though, is that it, when you look at talent ratings, they're looking off of recruiting rankings where uh, Washington has potentially four first round picks Right. On their team. I think right. that that's the part that's been ignored is that their talent rating is not what the stars were when they came in because they have been developed. And Kalen DeBoer, he's done something that coaches are now telling you that can't be done, which is to uh, work with the homegrown talent. Because when Jimmy Lake got fired. He didn't uh, go on and, and just rehaul the entire roster. He didn't portal kids out and all of that. Like, this is largely kids that he did not bring in, aside from the running back and um, uh, Johnson and Michael Penix Jr. The majority of that roster was already there. So is Kalen DeBoer <laughs> teaching a lesson on how to build a roster, or did he get lucky with just having them wide receivers and tackles and everything else there? So I've talked to a couple of folks who were on the staff before he got there at Washington, a couple of folks who were responsible for recruiting a lot of those offensive linemen, for example. And sure enough, they tell you, when we brought those guys in, we thought they had potential to be studs, but they weren't going to be that as freshmen, and they probably weren't going to be that in their second year. So they always projected them as multi-year down the road guys. But what you just said, so that's a really good point, because it goes back to what I've thought about a lot. If you're trying to run a database model, for example, and you really care about talent level, you have to value recruiting rankings. But what you would be foolish to do is continue to value the recruiting ranking two, three, four years into a guy's career. Because mm -hmm. by then, if you're any good at what you do, it doesn't matter what he was as a 17-year-old anymore. If he's 20 or 21 years old, you've watched him play college football. You should have your own unique talent rating on him as a college football player. And so you know, if you've, if you've got your data model here, your recruiting value should go down over time. 
and your college eval should go up over time. And that's what should define you as a player. That's certainly how, you know, an NFL draft scout would look at you. I think a lot of folks either don't pay attention to Washington or they've been too lazy to do that or they don't trust themselves to evaluate talent, which knowing half these folks is probably a proper way to go through life. And so they're still counting on the fact that these were a bunch of three stars out of high school. Yeah, but they're 22 years old as well. So, so they're not three-star 17-year-olds oh, anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I got one more for you before we get to right or wrong real quick. Uh, bowl season featured a lot of opt-outs, right? You had the Florida State-Georgia game. You've had, you know, other games that just haven't been competitive. How do you think that, that we fix bowl season? And bowl season and the bowls already give out gifts to players. Why not pay them to play? Well, I think you and I talked about this three years ago. I mean, that's always been pretty common sense to me. Yeah. Um, and it's now now that now that it's biting advertisers in the pocket, I think we're going to see something along those lines happen to where either you've got to enable a revenue sharing distribution system from the bowl payout, or you got to do something even more radical, like move bowl games to week one of the following year. But Sheesh. It, it, yeah. If you don't, if you think that's radical, allow me to present the alternative. The alternative is keep what you got now and allow it to erode even further. At this point, it's untenable. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So you have to do something else. I didn't, I didn't even consider the uh, putting the uh, bowl season in, in the first week. That might be a great idea. Now I want to get to right or wrong, Pate. This, this is five quick questions and give me a quick one. Right or wrong, there will never be another Nick Saban, including Nick Saban, because now he's gone three years without a championship, which is the longest run since he's been at Alabama. Oh, that's 100% right. I mean, if Nick Saban were to reemerge today and had to go based on the the here and in the future model of college football, I don't think anyone's doing that. You can't stack a roster like that. Uh, you're going to have probably more competitive balance and just randomization when it comes to injury and stuff because you got to play more games. So I, I think that's absolutely right. Jim Harbaugh will coach where next season? I think he's going to be in the NFL, but everything's just kind of everyone's kind of assuming that. And I am too. I'm reading tea leaves. I certainly haven't had anyone at Michigan say, hey, psst, this is happening. So, yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like the organization and the fan base has always looked at this year as the year we got to get it done. And then whatever's over the cliff, we'll handle that when it, when it comes time. Reggie Bush is the greatest college football player of all time. Oh, man. Um, I had a guy at Auburn that was pretty good in 2010. Do, do I need to go multi-years or can we just have like a, a moment in time? Like yeah, Cam a mo moment in time. I think I'd go, I may go Cam Newton. I may go with a guy who, who played the most important position and, and put the team on his back. But I remember Reggie Bush and I remember watching that. And I remember, yeah. I remember like, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't matter if USC was playing Fresno. If you knew they were coming on at 1030 at night. You were I'm watching, in, boy. I'm living in Georgia at the time and say, hey, hey, where y'all watching Reggie? Where y'all watching USC tonight? What? This is Harris County, Georgia. It's going to be 10 o'clock before they come on. It don't matter. Yeah, Reggie's anyway, on. Where are we watching Reggie tonight? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And, and by, the, by, by the way, Dwyer was down. Um, <laughs> and um, Blank is most responsible for the disintegration of the Pac-12. Larry Scott. Yep. 
I call him Larry Michael Scott because he ran it yeah, like oh, wow. Dunder, Dunder Mifflin paper. <laughs> wow. I, 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 what, what would happen? Let's just, I know it's a fool's errand now, but what happens if we, if we put a different decision maker in his seat seven or eight years oh ago? Oh, my God. Or even, George, even as recently as like two or three years ago, what if they just outmaneuvered the Big 12 and nothing yeah. else than that? They'd still be afloat. And the, the thing I'm thinking right now is I know everyone's talking big two, SEC, Big Ten. But to me, it's about buying yourself time to stay alive Yep. because you never know what could be coming. Like you, you as long as you're at the table, you never know when the kitchen door may open and something comes through and gets put on the table. None of you could have ever expected and you can't reap it unless you're at the table. Yep. Last one. The biggest lie in college football is uh, you are what your record says you are. And that'll be proven even more of a lie in the coming years when you have a disproportionately strong Big Ten and SEC just strength of schedule wise versus what's going to exist in the ACC or the Big 12 or elsewhere. Um, you know, there there's going to be. I'll give you an example. I don't think Florida is going to be good next year. But let's say Florida was good. Let's say for the sake of argument, they were the 10th best team in the country. George, they're going to play five teams in five weeks at the end of the season that just finished top 10. So yeah. it, there's a world where a legitimate top 10 caliber Florida is a 9-3 and three team. Yep. And there, there's a world where you've got an 11-1 and one in another conference. Well, is that committee going to have the stones to understand how to interpret strength of schedule? Nope. Or are they going to fall victim <laughs> to, oh, you are what your record says you are? Because if they fall victim to that, I'm going to tell you what I would do. I'd do what Michigan just did. I'd load up on cupcakes as much as I oh. could. And I'd understand that, hey, even if you leave me out of the top four, you're not going to leave me out of the top 12. So I'll just, I'll completely use it as a 12-week preseason. And then I'll go in the playoff on fire and I'll be healthy because I will have rested my starters half the year. So I, you are what your record says you are has always been a lie in college sports, but it's going to be even bigger a lie in the coming years. Oh, that makes me want to throw up thinking about more, more bad schedules. But uh, you yeah. guys, he's Josh Pate. Find him over at Late Kick with Josh Pate on YouTube. Find him on CBS Sports. Find him uh, in, occasionally in a suit now, now that, now that he's a company man. <laughs> Josh and Pate's you have a white t-shirt on. After all this, this is what it comes to. <laughs> hey, man, you went, you, you went company. I had to take over the white tee. That's probably the most stinging sentence you've ever thrown my way. It'll take me a couple of weeks to get over that one. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. All right, man. Great. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Talking about college football, but uh, the NFL was on my mind this week too because Lamar Jackson was on the tip of everybody's tongue, and we got to talk about him and let that sink in. Ten months ago, Lamar Jackson asked for a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. Man didn't say he didn't want to be a Raven anymore. He just wanted to get paid. Now, fast forward to today. We're talking about Lamar Jackson being a lock for the 2023 NFL MVP award and the Ravens being the best team in all of football. Relationships have ups and downs, and sometimes it takes one party threatening to leave for the other party to get serious. Look at 2007. Kobe Bryant, he got sick of the unseriousness of the Los Angeles Lakers and asked for a ticket out of town. And in later interviews about his trade requests, Kobe Bryant said that he felt like the Lakers were meal ticket and that they were going to be satisfied with him going out and scoring 50 in a loss. But Kobe wasn't trying to look good and lose. He wasn't built that way. And just maybe Lamar Jackson is built different too. Because people said Lamar Jackson should negotiate his own contract. I was one of them. In Lamar Jackson's letter to the fans after publicizing his trade request, he said, quote, the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. The dude knew what his value was. And when it turned out that the Panthers and the Raiders were only mildly curious about Lamar, it really felt like he had nowhere to turn. And I was shocked when the announcement came through that the Ravens had extended Jackson to the tune of $52 million annually and $185 million in guarantees. That's the kind of money that'll make you want to pop champagne. And with the way Lamar Jackson is playing this season, setting career highs in completion percentage, yards and yards per attempt, all while still serving as the most dangerous running quarterback in the game, the Ravens fans might be popping their own bottles of champagne in a few weeks. And champagne is a much better expensive drink to pour out than the $300,000 glass that Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper just poured on a Jacksonville Jaguars fan when he realized that if he was serious, he could have taken Lamar Jackson this season, but he didn't. And I guess that's just another thing that Lamar Jackson has in common with Kobe Bryant, a brief flirtation with the city of Charlotte. But it didn't work out. (laughs) But back to the Ravens. Because Lamar Jackson didn't just stylistically change overnight, people like me have been complaining for years that Baltimore didn't surround him with the receivers he needed to prove that he could win as a passer. And what did they do this offseason? Number 22 pick on Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., Nelson Aguilar. And after four years of offensive coordinator Greg Roman attempting to use Lamar Jackson's running ability as the Ravens' main weapon, the Ravens went out and got a national championship winning offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin from Georgia, the man who turned Stetson Bennett from Juco bounce back to NFL pick. 
the Ravens got serious, not only about Lamar Jackson's monetary value, but about surrounding him with the talent it would take to maximize his potential. And now as he gets ready to collect his second most valuable player trophy, for the first time, he can say that the Ravens made him the most valued player. You have to think Kobe Bryant would be proud. Let that sink in. Now that we've covered the sports, uh, let's talk a little bit about family because this is a transition for me and my family because my oldest son, who you guys saw in some of the clips of the videos and the intros and all of that, he's going off to go play college football. And we are in January, so he's leaving. He's going to be an early enrollee. And um, this has been kind of hard because on some level, you are excited for your kids to leave and go out of the house and you want great things for their future but at the same time it's a little bit sad because you know if all his dreams come true he's never living in my house again like he'll come visit you know he'll come visit on breaks and stuff like that but he'll be on to the next chapter of his life and so we'll document that journey because we actually leave tomorrow to take him up to UC Davis and uh, yeah, we'll be following that. And I just wanted to give you guys a heads up because I know you guys follow me on social media and I've talked about it there. Am I going to cry? Probably. This is my, this is my oldest son. He's gone. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, this is what you want for your kids. But the thing that I think about as a parent, which regardless of whether you have a kid going to go play sports or whatever it is, the thing when they leave for college, I think that you always wonder is obviously for their safety. You want them to be safe. You want them to be healthy. You want them to be all of those things. But most importantly, you just go back through all of your parenting decisions and the things you did and did not do. And you're just like, did I prepare him for everything? Because my thing in that uh, a great parent taught me was that you want your kids to be great decision makers. And that's what I wanted for him was to be a great decision maker that because it's easy for me to force him to do what I want him to do when he's in my face and all of this stuff. But can you or will you do the right things when nobody's watching, when you may not get caught that time or whatever? And that way you can get yourself and prevent yourself from being in dangerous or bad situations. And yeah, so I think that that would be my parenting tip for today that somebody gave me. Teach your kids to be good decision makers and not just uh, good rule followers. Yeah. So that's the update for today. And next show, we will have some footage of it for you guys. And uh, we'll take you guys on that journey. Thank you guys for joining me for the new rebranded Unafraid show where it's about us. Make sure that you guys leave a comment, tell a friend about it. Most importantly, share and come back next week because we got a surprise for you. Actually, I'm going to tell you right now. Reggie Bush will be in the building and you guys don't want to miss it. So tell a friend, subscribe, get the notifications, everything in between. Catch you next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.